according to research carried out at the International Peace Institute and the Geneva Graduate Institute, agreements from peace negotiations that included women were 35% more likely to last at least 15 years. But what is being done to address women's participation in peace processes and the economy in South Sudan? This and more today on Trade for Peace. Welcome to Trade for Peace, brought to you by the WTO's Trade for Peace program. I am Axel Addy, former chief negotiator of Liberia's accession to the WTO and founding member of the Trade for Peace program. Trade for Peace is a 30-minute podcast in conversation with Trade for Peace champions, the global policymakers, entrepreneurs, and innovators committed to promoting trade as a key ingredient for lasting peace. Join us in our bi-monthly podcast as we discuss how trade is contributing to sustainable peace in fragile and conflict-affected countries. Welcome to Trade for Peace. The opinions and statements expressed in the Trade for Peace podcast are entirely and solely those of the guests and the host. The WTO Secretariat takes no institutional positions on matters of policy or of the WTO membership. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 9 of Trade for Peace, Building a Legacy, Women's Empowerment in South Sudan. Today we have with us an experienced peace-building champion, Rose Ashindel, the founder and executive director of the Legacy for African Women and Children Initiative. The initiative is an NGO based in South Sudan that is seeking to empower and promote the safety of women and children through education, economic and health support services. Rose, welcome to Trade for Peace. Thank you very much. And I'm privileged to have gotten this golden opportunity to be host by the Trade for Peace organization. So Rose, tell us, what is the Legacy for African Women and Children Initiative? Thank you. Legacy for African Women and Children Initiative is an organization founded in 2018 to deal with women and children's rights in the Republic of South Sudan. It was found under the challenge that the founder, who is myself, has gotten during the days of my studies. I was once um, a victim of gender-based violence. I was denied access to education by my parents, and I had to struggle to go to school for myself until I, I reached to this stage. So I said, for me to give back home, I should have an organization that would support women and children as the, the, the services that can benefit the people from my community and South Sudan as a whole and continent. And doing this, it would be very easy for the ways open to the next generation that are coming, and more especially girls. They would learn from me and they would see how best we can change the narratives that a girl should not go to school, a girl should not do anything apart from only giving birth and all that. So Legacy for African Women is dealing with children and women 
and to make sure the eliminations of gender-based violence and negative norms practiced in the society are eliminated. And Rose, um, how many women have you been able to work with and what are some of the programs uh, of, the, of the initiative? The initiative, uh, initiative is started straight away with training women in economic empowerment as also part of, you know, when you want to empower a woman or when you want to build peace in society or you want to bring the people that are, you know, in the community, you have to, you know, fill their stomach first. So the initiative is started with giving life skill training and uh, business management training to ensure that women knows how to deal with the economic setup and how they should also, you know, self-reliance and be supportive to themselves because uh, the challenges of uh, women doing much in especially bringing food on the table was too much. And this is uh, how the legacy for African women started with training women in, 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 uh, in economic empowerment. We are also uh, giving women uh, access to uh, issues to do with, we are giving them awareness in decision-making. They should know how to, you know, claim their rights because we believe rights are not even right at, you know, you take them, you ask for them and you do a follow-up for them for you to be, uh, to get your rights. So we have to empower women by training them and giving them awareness that South Sudan Today is not the South Sudan of yesterday, and women have to rise up for their rights. Uh, we are also doing education awareness raising on girl-child education and also adolescents and uh, health uh, issues to women and girls. So, I mean, you are, you are a trailblazer and, and a champion, uh, and you've seen the transformation from when you started the initiative. Um, how would you say uh, some of the, 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 the benefits of your programs? Uh, what regions are you working in and, and are you seeing more and more the changes where girls are being now allowed to go to school? Uh, in South Sudan in particular, uh, where the initiative is started, uh, we have to struggle still because uh, the counterparts, or we say our men, our uncles, our fathers have hidden themselves under the negative cultures and norms. And that alone has to, you know, give us a proper understanding on how should we deal with this. Because they say change doesn't come at once. And uh, as we know very well, when the change doesn't come at once, we have to to make sure we make them understand for the narratives to change. So we have to start in South Sudan. And uh, right now we started in, in Central Equatoria, then we are now in the sixth state of, uh, of, of, of South Sudan. And we are actually expanding to 10 states plus three administrative areas of South Sudan. And still the vision of the, of the legacy for African women is still very high. We are actually reaching to the, to the continent because it is almost all over Africa that is affected by the negative norms and cultures. And women are not taken into consideration. In fact, it is always a struggle for a woman and girl to go to school. So we are beyond that. But right away, we have 
benefits uh, over five states in the country. And do you have an example of of women that you've worked with that you've seen uh, now going into doing business uh, in South Sudan? Do you have some examples? We have examples uh, because the women we train for them to go and train other women. Uh, we we train first the women uh, who were making Jewish. Uh, we trained twelve of them, and they expanded to over 30 of them by even training other young girls in the universities and they were able to employ them where they had to get their little upkeep within the the business that Legacy trained them for. And uh, it also gave them uh, an encouragement because they were having issues to do with saving uh, they, they could not really, you know, do the saving and they could not even know how the saving could work because of the challenges that they face. So right now they are able to do something called uh, a charity box. It's, it's the, we call it Sanduk Sanduk in my language. Uh, they are able to move from one house to another house every Sunday, at least to ensure that uh, the status, what are the status of the other sisters for, of the neighborhood? So when they see their status is very poor, then they are able now to, to support them uh, with that collection of the small money so that someone starts up. So there are testimonies, and uh, we tend to continue with what uh, is, is positive right now because the challenges are growing every now and then. The hardship are coming up every now and then. Uh, and with the issues of you know women not protected in the right way is also another issue. So we, 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 we need to grow and we are trying to grow. Uh, it will later on come in the, in the challenge part that what, what, are, what are that things that are hindering us actually not to, not to move on, but we are going. I would like us to get back to, uh, you mentioned one of your initiatives is uh, training women in business. You're working with them to do these uh, small businesses to empower women. Um, could you talk a little bit more about uh, the initiative and how are you supported to, to implement this project and uh, what are some of the challenges uh, you face? Thank you once again. The initiative uh, is supporting a small, a small, exactly a small scale uh, support. It is it's not a big one. Sometimes we, we even sit and pull something out of our pockets. Uh, because when you see uh, the suffering of other women, uh, you put your, yourself into, into the shoe of your sister. Uh, the first support that we got, we got it in a small, lean uh, budget. Uh, that was from Austria. And it reached somewhere where we could not really uh, continue supporting them in finance, but we were now supporting them in skills uh, training. Uh, because sometimes uh, it is not very easy to to really get something that would sustain uh, the, the 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 programs, and more especially the the economic itself has affected almost international NGOs and national NGOs, and we are all the victims. So right now we advise them to move on with the little that we gave them from the first place. And while they now keep 
uh, seeking for support and more especially skills to be continued given to them so that they are able to, to sustain themselves and be self-reliant at the moment. The challenges, of course, are the issues, of course, of the capital. Uh, the capital is the issue that is affecting them. And also the protection, the security is, is an issue. We actually felt that the small enterprises of women who are selling, sometimes carrying baskets on their heads with the uh, bread or bananas or those that are selling at the roadside, you know, when it reaches like seven o'clock in the evening, where in actual sense, where if there is a good security, they would even sell up to midnight and they can get good money. They cannot go beyond seven or eight if, if that is the case because of insecurity. So you find uh, the factor that is contributing so much into, you know, losing of uh, interest into actually doing the, the, the business or the trade is because of insecurity. Uh, then the other one is they are victimized uh, as in also the issue of culture. The belief when a woman moves from the house to go and sell tea or sell small, small things in the market, that woman is a disowned woman. And you start hearing people murmuring down uh, that uh, she's not respectful. Why would she leave the house? I mean, the husband's house and go to sell things in the market. You know, so you could find so many stigmatization that would really also discourage a woman to continue with what they are doing. Uh, the other thing is also a mobility kind of it, like lack of infrastructure. If you are going to the interior, the rural area, uh, a woman could not move from a long distance, you know, going to search for business, simply because there are no vehicles, because there are no roads, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, some kind of uh, challenges continue to reduce the efforts of women. And in actual sense, women are the ones that are working on daily-to-day -day life to try very hard to bring the food on the table. Uh, this is not the, the first time for women of South Sudan to be the hard workers, but they started even during the liberation, during the Bush period women could work very hard to ensure that their children goes to school because their fathers were already in the bush and they, no one could really support them. So they were bringing uh, the same effort to where they're supposed not to be liberated and women be given the maximum support that they could really feel uh, they have done their best in the, today's life. But it is in vain, especially in my country, so uh, we tend to live in fear, uh, which, which is actually discouraging us. But because we are women, women always move on. Even if there are issues ahead of us, even if there are fear, there are insecurity, there are no capital to do what we are supposed to do, we move on. And this is what I always say. So we have that inability that push a woman to move on, regardless of the situation. Thank you, Rose. And and how many women do you currently have uh, participating in this uh, uh, SME initiative? Uh, for business women, we have uh, 
100 in uh, central equatorial here because we are based in Juba and then we have 50-50 in six of the states that we are operating in. And you, you under partner, the business. Do you partner with other organizations, business organizations in those areas or do you carry out the program by yourselves? No, we carry the program uh, ourselves. Uh, right now we are only giving a, a, a training on skills. Uh, in managing business. Uh, the, the project we are having now with other partners, uh, with other partners actually, is the issue of culture and norms to end gender-based violence is, the, is the, the program that we are actually running right now with other partners. But uh, the direct empowerment, like the entrepreneurship, is, is not actually being supported anyway now. Uh, but we, we advise them, we give them support and, uh, you know, request them to keep on the spirit because most of them have the small start mm. up already. They have their small enterprises. So what is needed actually is the support to be added and be given empowered more and more so that they, they get encouraged and they will be able to still hold with, with what they are doing. Yeah, so this is what we are doing right now. And as you are aware, uh, South Sudan has uh, started a process of of joining the World Trade Organization and uh, started to ratify the African Continental Free Trade Area Agreement, the AFCFTA, in hopes that this will uh, bring in and attract investment, improve the business climate. They were committed to reforms uh, that is supposed to empower the local uh, private sector. And so in your experience uh, as someone who has been on the ground working and empowering women, how do you see trade uh, uh, you know, as a tool for promoting peace in South Sudan? Uh, thank you once again. Um... It is uh, a very great uh, privilege when dealing with trade. Uh, I think in my earlier comment, I, I said, if you are building peace, you need first to fill someone's uh, empty stomach. Because at times a question would come if you go, you know, try to go and have a dialogue, maybe in, in, in some misunderstanding people, they would tell you, you know, we are hungry. What is, what is something for us to eat? So to me, trade is very important and it has to be something that be made for even our leaders to understand the importance of trade. One thing that trade does is that it brings people together. In one of our peace plans, we had planned to have a border market. You know, what is that we can do during the border market is that the neighborhood from the other side, point A and B, C, D, can meet in that particular market. And they can bring their different produces. And, you know, when they bring their different produces together, they will be able to interact. And when interact, peace is built under the interaction. You, you don't build peace with somebody you don't know. So from there, it will be easy 
for even if there is an intercommunal misunderstanding or issues to do with part of theft, they would actually stop it. Because what we experience in our today's challenge is that the point A can go and steal the car from point B and they will go and sell it to point C. They do that because they do not know themselves. And if they can come together under one trait, the trait for themselves, then they will be able to know themselves and there will be no any other thing that can happen. So trait is something that needs to be encouraged right from, you know, rural area where the urban setup and also to the rural setup, uh, to the urban setup, so that it encourages. We even know right now, people at the village level, they wanted even to bring their children to school. But they ask, how are our children going to spend even time in, in town? Who are going to stay with our children? So when somebody is able to sell their produces or you sell your other things, or you, you would be able even to be familiar. You will be familiar with town. It's so that if we want to bring your child to, to school, you'll be able to know what, what are the living in town that can be done to a child. And I think that that would be very perfect for each and everyone. Because I believe if a trade do not want even education, you go sell your produces, you, you need not to go to, 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 to school for you to go and sell, you know. And there is that natural connection, a natural connection that will come and you will find people live in harmony because of the trade. The other uh, improvement that needs to be made is that uh, I touched a little bit before on the challenge that women face in terms of security issue uh, and in terms of economic uh, improvement because they, when, when the economy is, 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 you know, is, is melting or is collapsing, it will affect and it will continue to confuse the community or the society. So if, if the government could really work very well to ensure the economy is improved in a way that to a very simple civilian, a simple you know, human being, citizen, to have access to their small businesses, it would be good. Thank you, Rose. Now, on a more personal note, uh, let's go to our rapid fire question segment. This segment is a great opportunity for our audience to get to know you better. And if you are up for it, you will have 10 seconds to respond to five short questions. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Could you name one achievement from your organization that you are most proud of? Uh, I'm very proud to have come and have over 200 women in South Sudan. I'm as well very proud to have joined so many platforms for women-led organization and women-peace-led organization. Thank you. And which do you prefer, uh, working in the field or working on policymaking in the office? I prefer working in the field because this is where I had the first challenge that uh, I need to rectify and I need to prove that women 
or a girl can do better in the society. So going to the field is much better. And I will support the rest who are in the uh, policymaking level. Yeah. And a person that inspires your daily work. Who inspires your daily work? In my country, uh, I'm inspired by Dr. Anna Ito. Who is she? She's actually in the policy making. She's, in, she's a politician. Okay. And uh, one message you would like our listeners to get out of our conversation. The last message that I would give to the audience or listeners is that um, let us work for common good of our people, and that is particularly women and girls. Uh, let us be supportive to one another in whatever we do. Because when we have many voices, we would always achieve, but one voice cannot achieve. So let us work together as a team. And one thing you would like to see happening in 2022? When, I, when women are, are confined to the culture and, and negative norms, I wanted women to be liberated from that so that women can do any other thing that a man can do. And they should not be victimized. They should not be stigmatized that they are just women. So I want women to be, they can be added into decision-making. They should be free financially. They should be free in any, 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 any sort of negative practice. You heard it here. That was uh, Rose Akshindal Katiak, the founder of an executive director of the Legacy for African Women and Children Initiative. Thank you, Rose, for your very insightful responses. Now, we like to end the podcast with just one last question. In just one word, what does trade for peace mean to you and why? Peace, protection, and women and girls. Thank you. Uh, that was our Trade for Peace champion from South Sudan, Rose Ashindel Katiak, the founder and executive director of the Legacy for African Women and Children Initiative. Rose, thank you for joining us today on Trade for Peace and sharing with us your story and experience. And thank you for your impactful work in South Sudan. Thank you very much for hosting me today. I'm so privileged and it was my dream. You have been listening to Trade for Peace, brought to you by the WTO's Trade for Peace program. You can be a part of the conversation by sharing your stories and your suggestions with us at tradeforpeace at wto.org. And you can also follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn at Trade for Peace. Be sure to tune in every other week for new episodes. Thank you for listening to Trade for Peace.